all parents bump up against their children's disobedience, and it is frustrating. Pastor Trent Griffith says this, It's a heart issue. Please understand this. The problem with children is not the evil surrounding them. The problem with children is the evil indwelling them. And the parent's target is the heart. The heart is the controlling agent for behavior. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Gospel City Church in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. Well, here's a little history lesson for you. If you could hop in a time machine and set the dial for about 329 years ago, you'd be setting it for the year 1690. That was a year a philosopher by the name of John Locke published a work called Essay Concerning Human Understanding. One of the things he said in that essay was that everyone is born as a tabula rasa, meaning a blank slate. Let us then suppose the mind to be, as we say, white paper, void of all characters, without any ideas. How comes it to be furnished? Whence comes it by that vast store which the busy and boundless fancy of man has painted on it with an almost endless variety? Whence has it all the materials of reason and knowledge? To this I answer in one word, from experience. Okay, back to the present. It's safe to say that Trent Griffith would disagree with John Locke on that point. More important, though, the Bible disagrees with Dr. Locke on that point. We're not blank slates at birth. And that fact greatly influences the way we raise our children. Pastor Trent is in the middle of the series, Shooting Straight About Parenting. He's helping us look more closely at God's solution to the disobedient child. He says it has to do with loving parents, providing loving discipline. This was recorded in August of 2018. Let's listen together. Good morning, everybody. Open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 12. And as you're doing that, let me just kind of say at the beginning here, um, I need a little bit of your patience this morning and understanding the pastor and his family are a little fragile. That is because for the past 17 years, we have been working on an arrow. We've worked to sharpen and shape, and we stuck the arrow in the bow last Friday, and we shot the arrow to Cedarville University. And arrow number three is now there with our extended family. And uh, here's the fam, the original Griffith fam. And uh, we took this picture and then we all just burst into tears. So that's all happening as school gets started back. And that's what's been happening in our family as well. I've got uh, two of the five arrows left in the home. So we're in transition season in our family. And so we're going to dive here into Hebrews chapter 12 to talk about discipline. Let's talk about this and let's begin reading in Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 5. Have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Notice there's something about the Lord that we forget. 
Now, few of us forget the Lord is high in love. Are you, how many of you are glad God is loving? He's loving God. But there's something we want to forget. And that is that he is also high in discipline. And so do you see the next little part in your Bible? Does your, your Bible kind of set those verses apart? Is it kind of bracketed in your Bible? or your iPhone or whatever you're looking on right now. I don't know if it does it on the iPhone, but in, in a printed Bible, they used to print the Bibles, and um, uh, it, it brackets them to let us know this is a quotation from the Old Testament. This is actually from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. And the writer of Hebrews uses that verse to remind us of how God disciplines. Notice what he says. My son... Do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord. Don't forget God disciplines. Do you see the word discipline there? Underline that word. You're going to see it like eight times in this passage. The word discipline is the same word that we get our word disciple from or discipleship from. Discipline is a form of discipleship. And you cannot be a disciple of the Lord without being disciplined by the Lord. Don't regard it lightly. Don't forget it. Don't minimize it, but welcome it. Embrace the discipline of the Lord. He goes on to say, don't be weary when reproved by him for the Lord disciplines the one he loves. Do you see the balance? It's because he loves me that he disciplines me and chastises every son whom he receives. And so we start with this understanding. God disciplines every child as an act of love. We start with the conviction that God loves us and he treats us as if we are his sons. He wants to bless us. And so he disciplines us. God's love is not a pampering love. God's love is a perfecting love. He wants more obedience from us because he wants you to be blessed more by him. And so we must be disciplined by the Lord. Now, for some of you, I just explained why your life is so hard. If you've ever sit around and scratched your head and like, I wonder why I'm always out of money. I wonder why everything I touch breaks. I wonder why I've got so many health issues. Why is my life just so chaotic? Why is every relationship seem to be end in turmoil and conflict? Have you ever considered that that might be the loving, correcting, disciplining hand of God on one of his children? And have you ever connected the chaos and the turmoil and the pain in your life to the disobedience to God that is going on in your relationship with him? If you would stop sinning, God would stop disciplining you. If you want the pain to stop, then the disobedience has to stop. Now, some of you are like, you know what? I don't really follow the Lord. I, I don't really care about God. I don't really follow his instruction, but life's going great for me. My relationships are not chaotic and painful. That is not a good sign. You know what that means? You're not one of his children because God spanks every one of his children. 
How many of you ever gotten a spanking from the Lord? Raise your hand. Don't be ashamed of the fact you've been spanked by God. He loves you so much. He wants you to be blessed so much. He corrects you. He brings you back into the boundaries. Now, there's something very important about the gospel we have to realize. And most of you do not understand this. I'm about to blow a circuit for some of you, okay? Pay very close attention. Do you understand that if you are God's child... God does not punish your sin. You say, I knew if I kept coming to this church long enough, he was eventually going to say something heretical. And now he just said, God doesn't punish my sin. Everybody knows God punishes sin. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Do we or do we not believe that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. Do we believe that? Did Jesus take the punishment for all of my sin? Well, most of it, but, but I mean, God's got to punish. Listen, if God was to punish one half of one of your sins, you would already be in hell. Jesus took all of it. So then what is this discipline piece? Do you understand that God's discipline is not punitive, it's redemptive. It's corrective. He allows or maybe even directs some pain in your life to pull you back in line with his will. God disciplines every child as an act of love. God loves you that much. And it's actually a sign that you're a child of God. One of the assurances for those of you that doubt, I wonder if I'm a Christian. Does God spank you? That means you're one of his children. God doesn't discipline the devil's kids. Only his, right? And so here we understand that God is so good and so loving, the balance between love and discipline. Not only that, but this, God expects every parent to lovingly discipline every child. Look at the next part here in verse 7. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? Now notice that's a rhetorical question. Do you, do you understand rhetorical questions? Rhetorical questions are ones that are so obvious that you don't even have to supply the answer. Notice the answer is not supplied. What's the most obvious answer to the question? What son is there whom his father doesn't discipline? What's the answer? None. Every, every father disciplines his son if he loves him, right? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we, we may have some fathers and mothers in here who are actually not disciplining their son. And that is a sign that you don't love them enough because every father discipline a child that he loves. Verse 8 says, if you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Discipline is a sign that your parents care for you, are responsible for you, love you, and want the best for you. 
And so every parent is expected to discipline every child. And then this, loving discipline is essential for training children in these three things, respect, holiness, and righteousness. Any parent here love to have a little more respect? Any parent here love to have your children just be a little more holy than they were last week? A little more righteousness bleeding out of your children's lives? Yes. So how do we get that? Notice verse 8. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. If the earthly fathers did it right. How many of you got spanked by a dad or a mom when you are growing up? Raise your hands. Don't be ashamed. You know, look at all these parents that, that loved these children. Now, how many of you, you didn't... You, you didn't get as many spankings as you deserved. You should have got more, okay? Good. And then how many of you, your parents didn't, sp I won't even ask that. We, are, we actually already know who you are, that your, your parents didn't spank you, okay? That you just, we know, it's just obvious, right? So anyway, and yet, of those people that just raised your hand, how many of you respected your parents? And you respected your parents more because they loved you enough to lean into your life, and now you're grateful, that's what, you just affirm scripture. We had earthly fathers who disciplined us and somehow we still respected them. This respect went up, not down. And so it goes on. It says, shall we not much more be subject to the father of spirits and live for they disciplined us for a short time. Underline the words short time. It goes very fast, short time. 17 years we had with arrow number three and it's over and there's only a window of time that a parent has to lean into the heart of a child for redemptive purposes for a short time as seemed best to them and he God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness do you see the connection between discipline and holiness and then verse 11 for the moment all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. How many of you have ever told your children, this is gonna hurt me so much more than it's gonna hurt you? Don't say that, that's so stupid. Don't say that. It's painful for both, right? But it doesn't seem painful to the kid. You're like, well, you wanna switch places? I mean, I could, you know, so that it just, it just, it's bad logic on the part of a parent, not, not great. But all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later, later, notice in the moment, it's not gonna be a happy moment. Later it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. Do you see it? Respect, holiness, righteousness, all the overflow. And here's the last thing we learn. Loving discipline is worth it. Loving discipline is worth the pain. And I have proof. If you've been following along this summer, it's been a very transitional time in the Griffith household. On June the 22nd, I shot arrow number one at that guy right over there. And he's over there and he's got one of my arrows. And that's good because it's time for me to release. That was arrow number one. On the morning of June the 22nd, on my desk, I had a note from arrow number one, three pages. Now it is much too personal and I would begin to cry if I began to read it, but I just want to show you one little line in the note. It says, 
Thank you for supporting me, encouraging me, praying for me, and spanking me. Right there is the proof. Thank you for spanking me. It's 22 years to get this note and that little thing right there. It's proof. Later, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness for those who are trained by it. David, are you grateful that I spanked her? Okay, all right, good. I did that for you. And then, and then on Friday, we, we loaded up arrow number three and went to my office on my desk. Arrow number three, left a note. I will not read you all of this, but I will read you what it says. Thank you for the hours you spent praying for me and disciplining me. <laughs> proof, proof later. Now, now, Brooke received many, many more than this one did, but that, that's beside the point. Uh, so, loving discipline is worth the pain. Now, let me be very, very clear about what we're talking about, because this is a hard subject. Okay? I could step in a pothole really easy up here, okay? So, what are we talking about? We talk about loving discipline. I want to give you a definition. Every word of the definition is very important. Here it is. What is it? Loving discipline is a measured amount of momentary pain. Notice it's a measured amount of momentary pain supplied by loving parents in response to rebellion by a child to offset the momentary pleasure of sin and rescue him from a lifetime or an eternity of self-inflicted pain. Every word's very important. Notice, a measured amount of pain. It is not all of the pain that you can possibly inflict upon your children. It's measured. It's appropriate for the age. It's appropriate for the offense. It's a mom getting to measure a dad's discipline and a dad getting to measure mom's discipline so that you work together not to get out of balance on one side or the other. And it's momentary pain. You know, Homes where parents don't discipline their children, it's, you just walk in the atmosphere of the home and it's just kind of a general 20-year misery, low-grade misery. But when you commit to like, if there's an offense, there's gonna be a starting point of discipline, there's gonna be an ending point of discipline, that might last five minutes, that might last 15 minutes, but it starts and it stops and then we, we're all happy and relationships are reconciled and we go on. Momentary pain could be physical pain, could be technological pain, could be social pain, all kinds of different ways to inflict pain. It's measured and it's supplied by loving parents. Notice it doesn't say supplied by angry parents, frustrated parents, out of control parents, exhausted parents. No, loving parents. Notice it doesn't say loving grandparents, loving school administrators, loving pastors, loving babysitters. No, this is the job of a parent. You can't delegate this, okay? Now, you can bring others into the scenario and you can delegate the process if others have invested enough and spend these moments with children and children understand this is, this is delegated to other God-given authorities, but it is not something you can give away. As parents, we have to do this. By loving parents in response to rebellion, 
Notice it doesn't say in response to childishness. You don't discipline a three-year-old for acting like a three-year-old. You discipline a 12-year-old for acting like a three-year-old. Three-year-olds are going to break stuff. Three-year-olds are going to do stupid stuff. You don't discipline them for being age-appropriate, right? Now, you discipline an 18-year-old for acting like a 12-year-old. But you have to constantly be discerning, where do I lean in and where do I give grace? All those things. By rebellion, it's defiant, willful behavior by a child. Again, in a very early age, you have a window of opportunity to reach in and grab a child's heart. And that window closes a little bit every day. And it is to offset the momentary pleasure of sin. Listen, sin is fun. It is. It's awesome. You're like, again, you're being heretical in church. What are you talking? Don't tell my children. It's, uh, you know, they already know. They already know how fun it is. But it's for a short time. And then there's a lifetime of regret that comes with it. And some of you are living with the regret. And if you knew then what you know now, you wouldn't have done that. Even though it was fun for five minutes. And our job as a parent is to offset the pleasure with some momentary pain to rescue him. Remember, he's a prisoner of war. You're a warrior. He's not our enemy. He's the target of the enemy. So I'm trying to rescue him from a lifetime or maybe even an eternity if he never repents of sin, if he never turns, if he never acknowledges he's not God, then it's going to be a lifetime and beyond an eternity of self-inflicted pain. That's how much we have to love our children. Now listen, before you can do this, let me give you a warning. Have you ever, you ever been overdrawn at the bank? Some of you are overdrawn right now, I understand. But um, yeah, you're, if you go there and you try to make a withdrawal and you've not made enough deposits, then this doesn't work. If that's true in banking, it's also true in parenting. If you have not made enough deposits of love, you are never going to be able to make the withdrawals of discipline and find that this thing works. Some of you just think that, oh, this is the magic formula. I lean in, I discipline them, I'll show them. No, listen, if you haven't had more deposits of love than you are making withdrawals of discipline, your children are not going to respect you, they're going to resent you. So you have to balance it with love every time. That's what we're talking about here. So let's get real practical about this. And uh, what should we do? There's been an offense. There's been defiance. What do I do as a parent? I want to model God. I want to discipline and love. How do I do it? Well, understand this. First of all, take aim at the heart. You're like, I thought it was the bottom, that little fatty piece on the back there. And you're like, no, 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 listen, that's the avenue to the heart. But listen, it's a heart issue. Please understand this. The problem with children is not the evil surrounding them. The problem with children is the evil indwelling them. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. And the parent's target is the heart. The heart is the controlling agent for behavior. Notice this, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 15. Folly is bound in the heart of a child. 
but the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Now, so notice something about your child. When he comes home from the hospital on the day or a couple of days after he's born, he comes home with a tank on the inside. It's fully loaded. It's spilling over. Label on the outside of the tank is foolishness. You got another tank on in there. This one's bone dry. Label on the outside of that one's wisdom. Job of a parent, extract the foolishness, fill up the wisdom. That's the job. So here's the problem. There's a lock on the inside of this tank and I got to find the key. Well, the Bible tells me what the key is, something called a rod. And the rod provides the discipline, the physical pain that unlocks the tank so you can drain the folly. What is this folly, this foolishness? The foolishness is the bent, fallen nature of every human being. As cute as they are, they are foolish. And this foolishness controls them. It controls all of us. And when you as a parent aren't loving, now you're being foolish. So you've got to be careful. You're not mirroring back to the kid his own foolishness. So this folly has to be extracted. It has to be unlocked. There's another verse in the Bible that helps us understand what foolishness is. Psalm 14.1, very famous verse. This is what it says. The fool has said in his own heart, where does he say it? In his heart, there's a little echo chamber on the inside of the heart. There's something speaking in there. And this is the fool has said in his own heart, there is no God. There's something on the inside of a kid's heart trying to convince him he can live his life as if God doesn't exist. And if he listens to that voice, not only will he live as if God doesn't exist, He'll live as if he was God. There is no God. There is no God. I am God. Mom and dad, come bow down and worship me as God. I will scream in the middle of the night at three o'clock in the morning, even though my diaper has been changed and my tummy is, is full and I'm not sick and I don't have an ear infection. I just want to sleep in your bed. Because I am God. <laughs> That's in there. It's foolishness. And you know what many parents do? Oh, yes. We bow down. <laughs> we welcome you into the throne room and set you upon the throne. And we all bow down. No, listen, folly's bound in the heart of that child. But the rod of discipline drives it far from him. Well, I suspect that scenario is resonating with a lot of parents right now. Next week, we'll hear more about what this rod of discipline is. We'll also learn how a parent can use it to drain that foolishness tank that Trent Griffith was talking about here today. Well, if you're searching for a church where you can find biblical, practical teaching just like you heard today, look no further than Gospel City Church, where Trent Griffith is the senior pastor. In fact, we hope you'll plan to join us for a worship service soon. You know, Good Friday is on April 19th this year, and we'll have four services on Good Friday and four on Resurrection Sunday. You're invited to attend. 
For more information, just go to mygospelcity.org slash holyweek, and Holy Week is all one word. Again, it's mygospelcity.org slash holyweek. Or be sure to find us on Facebook by searching for Gospel City Church. So how exactly should a parent use this rod of discipline? And if a rod sounds abusive to you, then be sure to listen next week. Because Pastor Trent is very clear on what the Bible teaches on this topic. I hope you'll join us for some practical parenting tips next week. Thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Gospel City Church. Visit us online at mygospelcity.org.